0: Can we pray uh, before, we, um, before we open up the word this morning? Father, we just quiet ourselves. We thank you for your word. I pray that as we study your word, may it come alive today. Lord, it's active. Lord, may it be active in us, Lord, as we study it, as we share it, as we read it. Lord, I pray that we'll be transformed, Lord, Today we just say, "May Your Kingdom come, may Your will be done this morning." In the name of Jesus, Amen. In preparation for the sermon, I read a story of a of a father and a son who uh, went on a little uh, afternoon, a Friday or Saturday uh, afternoon, little running errands, taking care of stuff, and and uh, as sons do, just kind of hanging out with the dad and running errands with him. And then they went to lunch, familiar place, and. They walked in, went up to the counter. And he took his son, put him up on the counter, uh, put him up on the stool. He sat on the stool, and they ordered. Food came, and the dad leaned over and said, "We're just going to do a silent prayer this morning." And so the dad closed his eyes. The boy closed his eyes. About ten seconds later, the dad opened, and the son's eyes were still closed. And he waited on him, and waited on him, and waited on him. Finally, the little boy raised his eyes, opened them up, and he said. Well, son, what would what, you pray so long about? He said, Dad, how do I know it's a silent prayer? <laughs> One of the greatest privileges that we've been given is the, is the privilege of prayer. You know, when you think about and you read through the Bible of all the tremendous stories wrapped around prayer, you read back through Exodus, and you and you see God's wrath about to be poured out on a people, and Moses stands in the gap and and, and calls upon God's promises and, and God's mercy. And Scripture says that God relented. Another translation said he changed his mind. You know, I, this morning we're not going to try to theologically approach that, other than saying something took place in the prayer of this man that shifted something in the heavens and changed and saved a group of people on earth and to think we have that same privilege we have that same responsibility we've been given the privilege of prayer jesus as he spoke to his disciples just a day before he went to the cross in john 15 and he is just hanging out with him he knows what's up ahead in about 24 hours from now he sits down and says you haven't asked anything in my name until now but ask 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 and you'll receive, that your joy may be complete. There was an invitation to a pathway that Jesus was about to uh, create for us. A pathway through the cross to the Father. And he says, up till now you haven't asked anything in my name, but I'm about to create a pathway, and it is the greatest privilege you'll ever have into entering into the very throne room of God to bring our requests, our concerns, our struggles and I think so often we become so familiar with the idea of prayer in church that it loses a sense of awe about it. That we have a privilege in prayer. And one of the greatest short-term, short-term uh, tragedies that we have in the church is prayerlessness. Is the fact that we just don't go down that path and engage in prayer. Prayer whether it's in church or whether it's at home or whether it's in your own personal prayer closet, we're just not engaging in prayer. And oftentimes I think, at least my life, sometimes could be a reflection of a parable Jesus taught when he, when he talked about this, uh, this master who created this beautiful banquet and then he invited a bunch of people to the banquet and he sent out a servant with invitations and the responses he got back were things like this, I've got some oxen I've got to take care of. Oh, I just got married. I need to spend my time there. Oh, I have some land that needs tending to. I think that's so much of how we can operate or dangers that we can fall into is that we can get just distracted by life. Domestic responsibilities. There's There's a load of clothes that need to be washed. There's dishes that need to be taken care of. There's food that needs to be prepared around the house. There's a yard that needs tending. There is work that always needs to be done. I read something recently that said, on the, on the desk of any manager at any given day, there is at the end of the day, there's 40 hours of work in front of him. We all know that no matter how hard you work, there's still more work to be done, right? And so if we're not careful, we'll fall into this thing like, I just need to tend to, to, to the sheep. I just need to make sure I tend to these relationships. I just need to do this. And we find ourselves running all over, taking care of stuff. And we miss the opportunity the privilege of coming before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We've been given this incredible privilege. My prayer this morning is that something awakens in us. That there's a a new inclination to prayer today. What I'm going to tell you is not something you've never heard before. It's not something that's rocket science. It's not deep revelation. As much as it is a reminder for us to the privilege that we have to pray and an encouragement, an invitation to come back to that place of prayer and allow God to renew it in us, just to renew that desire for his presence. I'm going to read from the book of Matthew. If you brought your Bibles with you, so you're welcome to pull it out. I'm going to read from a version that's the New American Standard Version. And it's the words of Jesus as he teaches on prayer. The scripture says this in verse 7 of chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. To he who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. Or what what man is there among you? When his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish will he not give a snake? Will he? If then, and and, and these are strong words here. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what's good to those who ask Him? There is what I believe at least four encouragements that Christ gives us here toward prayer. And I want to spend the remaining time just reflecting on those encouragements. Four encouragements that help motivate us to prayer. And the first one is this. It's the simplicity that He invites us. He simply invites us. We've been given an invitation to come before Him. And He didn't invite us just one time. He invites us three times. To seek, to ask, to knock. Everybody loves invitations. Every child loves to be invited to a birthday party. During Christmas time. Isn't it fun to be invited to a fun Christmas meal or Christmas banquet. Every young woman looks for the opportunity for that young man to invite her to spend a life with him. We all love the right invitation. And this is the greatest invitation ever given. Ask, seek, knock. He says it again and again and again, almost like I want you to get that. I'm not going to say it the same way One time, I've got to say it again and again all different ways so that you can hear me. In modern times, he would have sent a text message. If you wouldn't have got the message, he would have made sure he called you. He would have made sure he put it on Facebook. He would have Instagrammed it to you. He would have got any way out there to make sure you didn't miss this invitation. There's an invitation to prayer. There's an invitation to coming before the throne room of God. I love this in Psalms, Psalms 34. It says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. What you know, just, just picture the Father today looking at you. His eyes are on you. And he's just waiting for you to cry out to him. He's just waiting for you to ask. He's just waiting for you to seek him a little bit. His ears are attentive to your voice, to your cry, to your pursuit of him. Isn't that a credible revelation? And he uses this term, everyone, right? Because sometimes we can approach this and we can approach it with hesitation or timidity. We just kind of think, you know, maybe this invitation is just for the spiritual folks in the house. Maybe it's just for a few people, almost like God gives us a, 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 a pecking order of who he responds to and who he doesn't. The term everyone means you're included, I'm included. Everyone, every child of God has a privilege to come before Him, asking, seeking, knocking, pursuing Him. One of the greatest pursuits that you and I will ever have. We have an invitation. How are we going to respond to this invitation? How are we going to respond to the heart of God and the heart of a father saying, Come, spend time with me? Think. Amazing is the invitation, more amazing is the promises. I don't know how many people were here two weeks ago when Pastor Todd preached on promises, promises. I think it just stirred in me, this heart, renewed this heart to to lay hold of the promises. I went back that Sunday and just started meditating on this scripture. Because God doesn't just give us an invitation to pray and leave us hanging out there. He also backs it up with seven promises. Let me just walk through these promises with you. He says this. He says, those that ask, it will be given. Those that seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. He says, the asker receives, the seeker finds, the knocker gets the door open. And then verse 11, he skips down and just says, and the Father will give you good things. Sometimes you think we make this thing so complicated the idea of prayer we want to know how to pray we want to read books on prayer and there's some great books on prayer but but we we need the formula we need the plan we need to find out who's praying and how they're praying we will listen to people pray you know jesus doesn't make it that complicated he just says just ask right wherever you are however you are however god created you to be wherever you are in your spiritual walk just ask it may not be beautiful It may not be perfect, but you know what? He's not asking for that. He's saying, just ask, just seek, just knock. And there should be a confidence that we have in that place. That if we seek, if we ask, if we're knocking, that God's going to answer. There's a confidence, even a courage that we should have in prayer. And I don't know, I'm sure we all have seasons and times when we have prayed and haven't seen the answer to those prayers. And so, what happens inside of us? We stop praying. We prayed and we believed and we believed and we stood and we prayed. And we haven't really seen the answer to that. It just, we get weary in prayer. I want to renew in you a confidence today that when you're praying, God's hearing you. When you're seeking Him, you're going to find Him. When you're knocking on that door, that door is going to be open so that He can give you what you need. I remember my father saying one time, my father was one of the first in his family to come to Christ. He was one of ten. My mom is one of five. So on both sides, he, he and mom were one of the first ones that come to Christ. And he uh, just was faithful in praying. Every night we prayed for our family. We just prayed and we prayed and prayed. And there was a season where he stopped praying. He just got weary. He just got, They didn't see the fruit of it. In the time he thought he should see it and so he just stopped praying and i remember sharing me he just got a nudge from the lord and the lord said what if someone would stop praying for you and just awaken him afresh with the reality and the impact of prayer i want to encourage you that when we approach god we approach him with confidence there are promises that god's given us here they're powerful promises that he's going to make himself known as we approach him. He's going to open the door. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to answer. So the question is this. Does that mean everything we ask for, we get? Isn't a good question? Everything we ask for, does it come in the way we ask for it? Does it come when we ask for it? Well, the answer is No and for great reason. We're not God. So we wouldn't want everything we asked for, nor should we get everything we asked for. We're, we're, we're not infallible. We're not God. It, it didn't work out for Adam and Eve real well. It's not going to work out for us. Just because we want everything or we think we need everything doesn't mean that's what's in the best interest of it. The reality is that that that. God is the master chess player. And though we may be just a pawn in that chess game, and we step out, we don't see the game around us, He is the master chess player. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows all the pieces. He knows what's going on around us. Our responsibility is to pray. His responsibility is to figure out the whole board. And here's the great thing. Here's what I love, is... We, we come before God, and He is a good Father, and He only gives good gifts. Right? He only gives good gifts. So when Christ answers, He may not answer the way we think it should be answered, or even the way we're asking. But I tell you what, He didn't give a stone if we're asking for some bread. He didn't give a servant, serpent if we're asking for uh, uh, some fish. And there'll be times in our life when we pray and He gives us fish and chips. It's what we pray for. It's what He gives us. And there's times when we pray for fish and chips and He gives us filet mignon because that's what we need. Right? With twice-baked potatoes. On my birthday this Wednesday. (laughs) With some good apple pie. or lobster, or whatever, or maybe it, maybe it's a peanut butter and jelly. It, it, God knows what's best for us. We ask, and then we're going to trust Him. Sometimes we ask, and we're asking the will of God. Kind of says, I know that every time I pray, I am not praying the heart of God. I just, I'm not that good. Right? It's okay to say amen there. It's okay. Here's the great thing. There are times when I know I'm praying in God's heart. I just know it. Scripture says we have a confidence in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, right, He hears us. And if He hears us, He knows that we know that He's answering those prayers. But I'm not always praying His will. Sometimes I'm just praying out of desperation. Sometimes I'm praying because this is the only thing I know to pray, so I'm praying. Either way, we, have, we serve a good God. And He promises that if we ask, He'll answer. Now, he may, not ask, he may not answer the way I'm asking, but he's going to answer. And whatever he answers with, it's going to be good, because that's who he is. He is a good father, and he only gives good gifts, and he only gives good things to you. So if you find him, he's going to be there with good things. When you knock and he opens the door, he's going to give you good things. When you ask you to receive good things, whether it's your timing or not, it's still going to be God's timing and the right thing at the right time in the right way, exactly what you need. And so we rest in that. And so therefore we can sing it is well with my soul. We may not have the answers, but we can rest in the fact that God does. And the only thing he's doing is he invited us to come and to ask. And as we ask, he's answering. And so we have a confidence. We have a confidence. Confidence approaching God. Not only does God invite us and make these incredible promises, but then here's a wonderful thing. And I love this. Maybe the best of all. He makes himself available. You know, there, there are a number of ways in this scripture that God's inviting us to pray. It's not just one way, He's not just saying ask, 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 right? He's inviting us at different levels and different ways ask, seek, knock. If I'm home and my children need something and I'm standing there, what are they going to do? They're going to ask. If I'm at home but they don't know where I'm at, I'm out of sight, then what are they going to do? They're going to go looking for me, right? Dad, dad, dad. Has anybody seen dad? Where was dad? And they're going to look for me. Do they find me? If they get to the door of the bathroom and the door's locked and, 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 and the door's locked, what are they going to do? Knock. Dad, what you doing in there? It's the bathroom, son. Right? If there's a barrier, there's something in the way, they're going to knock. That's the way it is when we approach God. You know, sometimes there are seasons in our life where God is just so close to us. I don't know if you have those seasons or not. We just know, you're just aware of God's presence. Obviously, we know He is Always with us, and He's always close. But there's sometimes we just know that there's that there's that we, we're just walking with God. We're walking just in step with Him. Our, our our ears are attuned to His voice, and we feel like we're hearing from God. And we, He just feels close. And we're just asking. And then there are times in our relationship with God, in our walk with God, where we don't know where God is. Right? We just feel distant from Him. And there could be any number of reasons that that happens. But we're just distant from God. In those times, we're called to seek Him. We just seek Him. And there are times when there's barriers in the way. There's obstacles. It may be our own sin. It may be the junk going on in our life. It may be stuff just in our own heart and mind. Just obstacles between us and God. will give you an example. Have you ever come into worship, corporate worship like this, and John or Crystal or Lisa or whoever's leading up here has hit the, hit the guitar hit the piano, and we just kind of entered in and you felt like, I don't know that I'm worthy to worship this morning. Ever felt like that? Maybe just me. Just felt like, you know, I don't know if I spent the time with God or not. I don't feel necessarily close to God. I don't, just don't feel, and, and, and it may just be in my head. I feel unworthy. And there's just that obstacle there. Well, Scripture says that if I knock and keep knocking, He's gonna open that door. And I just afresh say, you know what? I may not feel worthy today, but I just thank you for your for your gift to the cross, and I just plead the blood afresh, and Lord, I come before you as your child, and. And I just keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking. And that door opens up and I can enter into the throne room of God. And it's at that place I can have deep communion. It's at that place where I can receive from God. It's at that place where good gifts come from a good father. I love the fact that he makes himself available to me. He makes himself available to you at whatever place that we are with God. And let me tell you what, our pursuit of God is not perfect, because we're not perfect. It's messy. It's unique. It's in need of God's wisdom. It's in need of God's grace. It's in need of God's direction. But He is available with all our imperfections, with all our insecurities. He still makes Himself available to us every time we come. He's available. We... Did this uh, family retreat about three weeks ago, and we did some a lot of fun things. It was, it was out in North Carolina, and it was up on a mountain, and we stayed in the lodge, and we they had activities planned all day. So we did upper ropes course stuff, and we went hiking down a creek, and you name it, we did. We had a great time, and every evening, whoever was responsible for that uh, day or that evening would plan an activity. So we did tie dye t shirts one. Evening. One evening we did a scavenger hunt. And I was not at all excited about a scavenger hunt. And so my I kind of dragged myself into it a little bit of family activity. So you know, you have to be in. You're a good dad, you have to be in. You have to be a part of all of it. So so I jump in and about halfway through, I got into it. About halfway through, we're gonna complete this list no matter what. We're running around, we're grabbing stuff, we're looking for a four-leaf clover, we're trying to find. Garrison, about 60 seconds before the thing ends, he goes tearing down a hill about a quarter of a mile away, down to a barn, looking for a feather, tearing back up the hill. I mean, we were into it, right? Because there's something about the pursuit that we enter in that awakens something in us. When we're pursuing God, it breaks off that Passivity. When we're pursuing God, there's an adventure that we're engaging in. When we're pursuing God, there's a relationship that goes deeper than before. When we're pursuing God, transformation, real transformation takes place in our life. When we're pursuing God, there's treasures that we're finding along the way. When we're really pursuing God, it awakens something in us. There's an excitement that we have. The joy that's being released in that time. Every husband in here, you say, I feel distant from my wife. I feel like she's not responding to me. If you pursue your wife, it'll renew that relationship. Same thing is true in our relationship with God. We, re- we begin to pursue God and it awakens a relationship afresh in us. There's Something about the pursuit of God Tugs on his heart, and he makes himself available. Here's the fourth encouragement. Fourth encouragement here is that, and I've said it, but but let me let me let me just let me just stop from it. Let me go back to one other thought. When God makes himself available, He never tires of our asking. Let me just say that. He never tires of our asking. You know, I, I have three amazing children, and they can ask a lot of questions. And so much so, when they were younger, we had to sometimes put a restriction on the amount of questions they ask. <laughs> sometimes, and you guys think I'm kidding, when I, okay, there's ten more, you got ten more today, and then that's it. <laughs> we're done after ten. got to pick them wisely because you got ten. Every parent knows that knows that feeling. I remember one time on a road uh, on a trip from our house, which is about five miles west of this, down to Norfolk to the mall, about 25-minute drive. And Garrison got on a roll of questions, and he started asking these business questions. And he was young; he's you know whatever, seven, eight years old. Dad, how do people get paid? Well, you know, people come in, they buy a product, and you know. Is managed to pay. Well, how does that work? Well, how does this? Where do they get the information from? Where do they get this? I mean, we're just rolling. 25 minutes, one question out of the great question. We're just rolling. Boom, 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 boom. And, and he's not slowing down at all, you know? I don't even know at that point I'm even saying anything. He's just rolling. He's got questions. We pull up at the mall, and I say, okay, we we got to put a pause on this. Great question. we got to put a pause. because We're getting ready to walk in the mall. Okay, Dad, I've got one more question. Sure. There's always the one more question. Can Christians have demons? <laughs> Don't remember that, do you? I, I remember that. I tucked Hannah Marie, our oldest daughter, I tucked her in the bed at night. And, you know children have a lot of questions at night. you notice that? I don't know if that's because they don't want to go to bed or they just have, they've actually had to sit still for five minutes and they got a thousand questions rolling around in their head. I, maybe both. So, you know, a lot of questions at night and we go through all the question stuff and then we tuck in, we pray and a little kiss and, and I'm walking out the door and Dad, I just have one more question. Okay, darling, what, what's, what's your one more quick question? Who is God? Yeah, try to answer that in about five seconds on your way out the door. Great question. We'll talk about that tomorrow. You know, God never tires of our questions. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day. It doesn't matter if it's in drive time. It doesn't matter if we're eating. It it doesn't matter. God doesn't tire of our questions. Matter of fact, as this scripture is, uh, it, it is actually translated, it says, Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. The implication there is not just a one time thing we want to do before God. We're consistently asking, we're consistently seeking, we're consistently before Him, day in and day out, pursuing God, connecting with the Father, and He never tires of it. Isn't that a great thing? Yeah. It doesn't matter how silly our questions are. It doesn't matter how monotonous they are. It doesn't matter if it's tiring us from asking the question. God didn't tire of it. Because he's just invited, come. He wants his children to come. And here's the fourth encouragement here. And, and I've said it, but I just want to drive it home. When we come, I just want to drive home. We're coming to a heavenly Father. And this is not just a label that Jesus puts on God, like a throwaway label or or just an honorary label. It is one of the greatest truths in Scripture is that we're coming, we're coming to Daddy. We're coming to our Father. And matter of fact, he makes this strong comparison or, or differences between a heavenly father and an earthly father. Because here's the here's the thing I just want us to drive home here is we cannot let the limitation of our experiences with our Heavenly Father dictate what our, excuse me, our Earthly Father is going to dictate what our Heavenly Father is like. Did I say that right? We don't let the limitations of our experiences with our Earthly Father dictate how we view our Heavenly Father, our perspective of Him. Because our Heavenly Father is without limitations. He's without sin, He's without faults, He's without hang-ups. Hang he's, he, he's without weaknesses. I had a tremendous father growing up. Really, just love God, great father. But you know what? The, the older I got, the more I saw his imperfections. The more I saw some weaknesses, the more I saw tendencies in him. I didn't lose respect for him. But I tell you what, if, if that becomes the limitation of... If, if, my kid, if my children, their whole view of God is just me... Then they're going to see an impatient father at times. But you know what? Our heavenly father's never impatient. He's not. They're going to see a father that lacks wisdom sometimes. But you know what? We serve a father that never lacks wisdom. They're going to see a father that's not available sometimes. But you know what? We serve a father that's never, never uh, turned away from us, his ears are always inclined to us. He's always attentive to the cries of his children. We have a heavenly Father that we come to, a heavenly Father that is inherently good. The psalmist says this: "Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His mercy endures forever." He's good. He's good. The only thing that He responds to is is in goodness, in kindness in mercy, in love. He is love. So we have a father that we approach to that by very definition is love. Therefore, his response is always a good response to us. and He is fully capable. Ephesians says to him who is able, he is fully able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or even imagine. So we come before him with, with our asking. And the great thing is He's not limited to just what we're asking. What if I'm asking wrong? What if I'm asking the wrong thing? He's not limited to that. He's not limited to your perception of the future. You can imagine a future, but you know what? He's not limited to that plan. But He still wants us to come with that perspective. He still wants to ask. He still wants us to seek Him. He still wants us to knock. He still wants to come with that. Because in that, He responds to us. And he does exceedingly, abundantly, more than you and I can ask or imagine. It's the very terminology he uses here when he's relating to the father. He said, he said, you know what, even you fathers out there who are evil, meaning that are sinful by nature, even you, you know how to care for your children, right? You want the best for, the ch- for your children. Even if you don't know fully what that is, you still want what's best for your children. How much more? How much more capable? How much more good? How much more wisdom? How much more will your heavenly Father do what's good? Give what's good to His children. It's our encouragement today. I love this by St. Augustine. It's quoted saying, For what would He not give To his sons when they ask. When he has already granted the very thing, namely, that they may be sons. He's already granted sonship. We're already children of God. That's been given. That that is a given to you this morning. There's no question there. you have the favor of God this morning? You don't have to earn his favor. So we can boldly now walk before him. We can boldly approach him. We can approach him with confidence because he's invited us. He has lavished us with promises when we pray. He's made himself available, and he is a father that wants to embrace us and give us good gifts. Can you stand up with me? I'm going to ask those that are part of our prayer team to come forward. Just a moment, I'm going to ask Steve to come up and speak a blessing, but before he does that, I simply want to allow a moment for God to awaken uh, through, through His Word, through, through this morning, even our worship time, to, to, for God to awaken afresh a desire for prayer. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whether you're operating in weariness today, or you feel refreshed, whether you feel close to God or you feel distant, it doesn't matter. We're asking today for God to awaken in us a passion for prayer, a renewed inclination to pray. That becomes the very first thing we do. Something comes up, we don't think about it, we pray first, think second. We we, we pray first, we plan second. We, We pray first and then we respond. That just becomes our inclination to pray. We get up in the morning, our first response is not to grab our phone and check our emails. Our first response is to pray. We're in, our, we're in our car, our first thing is not to grab the radio and turn on, but to pray. It just becomes the inclination of our heart just to turn and pray. It doesn't have to be an hour, it may be just two minutes where you just lift up a prayer in that moment. Where you're at work and you close the door and you pray. When you're at home and you close the bedroom door and you just pray. you don't phone a friend but you phone God first and then get counsel for others if that's you today and you say I just want I need God to renew that in me would you raise your hand to the Lord and I want to pray for you Well, you see our hearts you see our hands you see our humility Lord we just say today renew in us that inclination to pray Father, bring a fresh awareness of the incredible privilege that we have in prayer. Lord, bring an awareness of the power that you have given us to pray. And the incredible fruit that comes when we stop and pray. Lord, renew in us a desire for your presence, a desire to pursue you, Lord a desire to push away other things that we can get in your presence if it's just for a moment. Father, may we awaken tomorrow with a renewed sense of an urgency to pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Steve, would you come? Thank you, Pastor Brent. Before I speak blessing over you guys, a quick update that Pastor Bobby is still on sabbatical, obviously with Carrie. They are doing well and uh, obviously still wrapping that up. They've had a great time with friends and family, and they will be back in August. So if you will with me, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory. May he bless your times of prayer and renewal with a supernatural connection with Him this week. Be blessed and go with Him. You are dismissed.